Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm good, Pete. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. It's September. Yeah. September 2021. I tell people I'm blessed and highly favored sometimes, and like they don't know how to respond. I know. It does kind of throw them off. Yeah, they're like, blessed and highly favored. What is he talking about? Every once in a while, I'll get me too. Yeah. And I, I like those. Yeah. Like those, are, those are good. Yeah. But why are we highly favored? Because uh, we're saints. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that in the last show. Yeah. We're saved by grace through faith. Amen. It's not, it's not of ourselves. It's a gift from God, lest any man should boast. Man. Uh, what? Preacher mode. What? Preacher mode. Warning, my ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, welcome to the Riot Podcast. And uh, as always, make sure you subscribe to your favorite channel wherever you get your podcast. And uh, do us a favor. Jump If you don't normally watch us on YouTube, jump onto YouTube and subscribe as well. And uh, click the little button that says, uh, what's it say? Alerts. It looks like a little microphone. Something. Something like that. Just yeah. click on that bad boy. And uh, every time we have a new uh, podcast released, you will be first to know about it. So you definitely want to do that. Don't forget about what? Don't forget Spotify, about well, Stitchers, yeah, Apple, all, all of those podcasts. little things. Yeah. So anywhere you get podcasts. Pandora. But of course, they're listening to the podcast right now. So they're yeah. already on that, Pete. But oh. you know where else you can go to get information oh, about the Riot Podcast? You can go to our website at riotpodcast.co.co. How yeah, about but that? Some people can just like that. see right. one of our marketing advertisement and just listen that way so they're not subscribing. Well, that was my thought. Yeah. And you're right. That's I just true. ate and so I have burp. That's burp. Don't yeah, up. do not. It's it yeah. was I I know you guys are listening to the show probably on never mind. You're listening. It could burp, be any though, day that's of the week. What's happening but it's Taco Tuesday here, yeah. so <laughs> We're going to be honest with you. It's Taco Tuesday on recording day, so we have lots of tacos. We anyway, did. it's September 1st, at least the day that we're releasing this show. Yeah. And uh, you know what that means? What's that mean? College football, my oh, friend. College man. football. And the greatest football team in the country, the Florida State Seminoles, so, play this, well, not by rankings. but Yeah, yeah. Well, what are they ranked? But, but in my mind, but in my, they're not ranked. They're un, the unranked Florida State Seminoles. But they had a take huge on, recruiting year. Take on, they did have a, yeah. yeah, anyway, you keep distracting me. Sorry. They take on the the uh, the fighting, well, Irish. we'll see how yeah. much fight they got in them. But the fighting Irish, you know, the little leprechaun. The and Notre that could, Dame. Yeah, and yeah, the, the <laughs> Notre <laughs> The pride of South Bend, Indiana, will be coming to Tallahassee this Sunday night. Um, yeah, so this is this is for all of our American <laughs> listeners. The rest, we, our friends in Belgium are like, "What are they talking we're, about?" We're big college football fans around here. Can My you team's tell the United, excited? USC. So USC is the Trojans of Southern yeah. Cal. You go any oh man in college town in America on a Saturday afternoon, and you will see you will see religion. It may not be true or pure religion, but you will see religion. If you go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or uh, Athens, Georgia, or, oh, I can't believe I'm even going to say this, Pete, Gainesville, Florida, you will see religion. You will see it. Yeah. You know, it's it's something. American football is big in America. I mean, there's a lot of political stuff that's happened last few years, and people are saying, oh, I'm not going to watch NFL anymore or whatever, but it is. It's There's something about 
watching guys tackle each other and hurt each other. That's fascinating. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but I just, I love to watch it. I get so caught up into it. College football special too, yeah. man. It, it's just awesome. So if, I'm predicting, predicting now the Seminoles will pull the upset and they will beat Notre Dame Sunday night. I've been, really? Yep. Okay. Gonna happen. All right, what's the score? Gonna happen. 23-17? Or is it gonna be a higher score? It's gonna be higher. It's gonna be higher. It's gonna be like 42. 30. Here it is. You ready? All right. 31-24. Yeah, I'm writing it down. Florida State. FSU. 31-24. Notre Dame. 24. Yep. Over the Catholics. Catholics. That's right. Notre Dame's Catholic, right? Florida State is a mix. There's everything there. <laughs> there yeah, there's a, yeah, that's a true statement. <laughs> They they have everything, but here here here's my thought process. Um, those of you know, we talked about this on a, a show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, the coach, famous, very famous, best coach maybe of all time, Bobby Bowden, uh, Bobby Bowden uh, passed away a few uh, weeks ago, and I just think that uh, football is such an emotional game. I think that the the team is going to rally around the memory of Bobby, and mm. uh, I man, I just something tells me this is going to be a it's going to be a special season. So we'll see. I could be completely wrong, but uh, while man. you get into the analytics of it, the FSU had a huge recruiting year. So yeah, but they're not playing this game. That, that's a year away. I know, but still, it's, there's <laughs> but it's huge. There's, there's momentum. momentum. Yeah, that's my point. The big mo. Yeah, the big mo. So, so who is USC playing? I mean, we're playing Notre Dame. I think number nine ranked team in the country. You know, well, really going out with a tough battle. U- US- who, who are you guys playing the first USC's week? USC's ranked fifteenth. Well, that's good. And they're that's very good. smart. They want to keep their ranking, so they're going to play San Jose State to start the year. <laughs> San Jose. What, what's are they the Penguins? Who, what, who is I San Jose know. State? I don't know. I just know they're in San Jose, <laughs> California. <laughs> So they're a smaller ranked school. So USC is very smart. So they they started that, and then here's here's FSU saying, "Hey, we're gonna take the big guys." So. I jest in fun, just having fun, and that's really all it is. It's just uh, we're having a good time. We're having a good time. Yes. What else? What else is going on this week? I hear you're doing some traveling. Uh, we are going to. We're looking at going to France and Italy. Um, we're gonna do like a 13 day tour. So. You know, it would be really cool if you went, and then we could do a podcast over there, but, you know. Can I, I'll just fly over for the podcast? <laughs> that would be fun. Hey, isn't that where the, isn't that where Notre Dame is supposed to be? It's not That's, supposed to be in South Bend, Indiana. It's supposed to be in, in, well, Paris. in Paris, right? Yeah, I've been to it before. It's Have nice. You? Yeah, they had it. It burnt down, and they've been redoing it, I guess. And so I can't oh, wait to see Oh, that's right. I remember seeing the videos on yeah. that. That was crazy. Can't wait to see that. So we'll see. Oof. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice gothic kind of church. All right. But they what have about a California? Lot of nice ones. You're going to California too, right? Oh yeah, we're going that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. We're this week. We're in it, so we're going to be there until yeah. So when this show airs, we'll be just you getting already back. Be there. We'll yeah. be getting back. We're going to be hanging out with family, so it'll be fun. It's kind of like time travel. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're talking about a trip that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it's going to be happening soon. That's awesome. Well, last week's show we talked about. We jumped into a, a letter of Paul's. You remember that? You remember mm-hmm. what we were talking about? Mm-hmm. It was a. It was really good. It was to a, a church that he didn't plant. Yep, Colossi, Colossian, which I didn't know. Yeah, that was cool. I thought all these letters were to his church plants, but I learned something last nope. week. No, Epaphras and Philemon is from what we've researched, and it actually says it in the in the chapter that they planted this church, and they also probably planted Laodicea and Hierapolis, I believe it is Hierapolis, whatever. How do you, you just spit those Greek names out like that? I don't know. You practice it over and over again. I, my wife will testify. I say these things out loud over and over and over and over again. And then I get to the point where I can read it really fast. I really do. 
That's just something I do. But it doesn't mean I'm saying it right. Like we were talking about this earlier. <laughs> I mean, like some people say Coloss and some people say Colossi. It doesn't. It's it's close enough. So they're both. So they're both right. <laughs> yeah. I was so confused on that, and I think I shared that with you last week. Yeah. That uh, yeah, this one one pastor I listen to a lot said says Coloss, and then I I'm like, well, let's see what the Bible app says, and you, you hit the you hit the play on there, and it was Colossi. So I'm like, okay, now I'm totally confused. I don't it's know which whatever. way to go. <laughs> I mean, there's so many, especially in the Old Testament, there are so many words that are like, what the heck is that saying? Sometimes. It gets so much that we'll just skip over it. We'll just like, yeah, okay, <laughs> next. <laughs> and can't even try. I can't even pronounce it. So I don't think we have that problem with things, nope. with what we're studying this week. Well, you know what our show title is today? What's our show title? We crown him Lord of all. Mm. Mm. Crown who? Him. Who? It's a capital H. A capital Does that help? H. Is capital that, H help? Is that Yeshua Hamashiach? That's not Greek. That's Yeshua Hamashiach. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Jesus, Messiah. That's, what that, that's the right answer, too. Yeah. If you were on Jeopardy, you would have yeah. won the Daily Double. What does Yeshua HaMashiach mean? It means Jesus, Messiah. Man, I didn't <laughs> know you were so fluent in so no. many different languages. I'm not. Just English. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even that's questionable at and, times. Yes, very, very questionable. <laughs> My grammar is horrible. You know, when people listen to the show, they're like, dude, that his grammar is so off. Forgive me, people, for my grammar. Oh, it's fun. Forgive me, because it's not fun. It's not? No, because no, it's We have bad. a good time. Yeah. We have a good time. All um, right, so what are we talking about today? Well, let's, uh, we're, we're going to continue in Colossians, but yeah, let's, let's pray first, and then right. I'll, we'll kind of, yeah, we'll get us started. So, right. Father, we, uh, we come to you again as we dive into this book, uh, this letter written by uh, your Apostle Paul. Um, we just ask for wisdom and uh, discernment. Give uh, Pete and I just uh, <laughs> all the help we need, which is a lot of help, Lord. Yes. Uh, as we're sharing this with our listeners, I just pray that uh, it would touch them, that they would grow closer to you, Lord, um, because of uh, uh, be- because of this letter, because of this book, and uh, not to do with anything about us, but uh, only because of you. So, Father, we're going to learn a little bit more about you today. And, uh, man, Paul just jumps into this. This is powerful stuff, Lord. And uh, we just thank you for it, and we look forward to what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Speaking of Jesus. Yes. Yeah, this is kind of all about him. Yeah. All about him. It's an all about Jesus show. So before we start, though, if you have your Bibles, if you're going to open up to Colossians 1, verse 13 through 18, um, we're going to read out of the ESV. So before we're not going to get there for a lit, we're going to start it here, but we'll be there in a few minutes. So ESV version is what we're going to be reading out of and you can follow along and we're going to unpack this and have some fun with it. Yeah. So you got a minute to turn there. If you remember, if listen back to last week, we give you a shortcut to how to find Colossians. Yeah. So listen to that. Listen to that show. Yeah. I'm not going to give it to you. And then I'll come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Opening statement, Pete. Um, again, the show title, We Crown Him Lord of All. And uh, so opening mm, statement is the, the, this. The false teachers in, in Coloss or Colossae, depending yeah. on how you want to say whatever. it, whatever, like, like <laughs> the false teachers of our day would not deny the importance of Jesus Christ. Um, they would simply dethrone him, giving him... Pr- um, Prominence, yep. is that right? Yep. But not preeminence. 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 Yeah. See, now whose English is struggling. Right. In their philosophy, Jesus Christ was but one of many ways to get to God. Oof. As we unpack today's reading, it was this claim that Paul strongly refuted. What we hear today contains a more concentrated doctrine about Jesus than any other paragraph in the Bible. Paul writes this by using three unanswerable arguments. 
That's like an oxymoron. Yeah, I love it. That only God can prove. Let's read um, and, and kind of unpack that. So I'm going to jump in, and I'll read Pete, and then we'll and we'll jump into that. Okay. So um, glasses on, Bible up. Let's do it. Colossians 1, verse starting in verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that everything he might be preeminent it's kind of like last week you're like man you really got to just slow down and and break this and break this down and that's exactly what we are going to do yeah and again last week we talked about when you're reading the bible a lot of times people would just read the bible to read the bible but you really need to slow down to read it and really digest what it's saying and ask a lot of questions ask who is who is he talking to what is this all about you know what is what are some of these words broken down maybe like we're going to talk about you know the greek actual greek of some of these words um and really try to get context instead of just reading through um as we mentioned on last week's show again was you know my wife and i we read through the bible in a year and so we're reading quite a bit of passages but we would stop always and just walk through what is this saying what is this talking about and uh, do some research you know one of the things i would recommend to people is go to the bible hub and download that app and you can just type in and it would give you the the greek lexicon it'll give you commentaries it'll give you um different sermons that were been on it it would just break things down to help you um to help this come alive and so um just and then again don't just take one commentary look at it and read it and ask the lord lord teach me what is this um that you have to say and so like you did just now bob you you said um you know, Holy Spirit, come help us to to share, help us to be able to bring this to life. We can't do this without the Holy Spirit's no, help. No. We talked about that last week. And so you need to cry out to God and ask that. So to set this up, I mean, we're going to break this down and unpack this verse. But to set this up, we have to understand there's false teachers. The reason why Paul's doing this is that he's refuting false teachers, Gnostic people, people that have Jewish legalism, people that are teaching a... Um, um, an Eastern philosophy, and it's trying to confuse people. And so um, what's happening is that we talked about last week is Paul was making it a big deal that this everything should be about Jesus only. It, it should be, how do you magnify Jesus? And, um, you know, I, was, I remember a story that I read some, somewhere where um, there was back in the 1800s, I think it was uh, Billy Sunday or, or Dwight L. Moody or one of those, those, those evangelists, and they asked him to come teach or speak at this event. And this event was about world religions and about all the people coming together to try to create another religion or to try to create another pathway for people to come to God or whatever. And and I think it was maybe Dwight L. Moody. And he said that he came and he put on the, he rented out all these big tents and he rented out all of these big venues and he did everything that he could. And he was just preaching Jesus and Jesus and Jesus. And someone asked him, says, why are you just doing all of that? Why don't you just come and speak at the event? He goes, no, what I want to do is I want to make Jesus so big and so amazing and so awesome that, that anytime they try to get anything else, nothing will compare. Hmm. And so he just went out of his way to just elevate the name of Jesus. 
And, um, and again, so this is where Paul's at right now. Paul is basically saying, listen, all of those Eastern philosophies, all of those Gnostic teachings and the deception and trying to get your eyes off of Jesus is not going to save you. He wants to prove to them without a shadow of a doubt that in Jesus, all things make sense. In Jesus, their salvation. In Jesus, the, cre- the creation of the world took place. In Jesus, you have hope. In Jesus, you have a plan. In Jesus, you have purpose. It's about Jesus. And so that's kind of where we're going with this. And so um, it's, it's it, that in a nutshell. So let's go ahead and start doing it. So what's the first argument? The first argument is Christ is the Savior. And so we're going to just basically, so Christ is the Savior. So this is what Paul uh, Paul is saying. Christ is the Savior. He's reinforcing this. Don't, nobody else is going to save you. It's Christ. And so verse 13 to 14, let's read that and then we'll unpack it. Perfect. He says, he, was deli- he, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Okay, so there we see four things. Four things. So, so w- when you're reading this and you're looking at this, you want to dissect this and so ask the questions or what am I looking at? And so the first thing that we see is that he delivered us. So we want to unpack that. Yep. The next thing we see is that he transferred us. What is that? So we want to unpack that. The next one was he redeemed us. What does that mean? Right? You're asking these questions as you're reading this. <laughs> and the last one is he has forgiven us. So we kind of know what that means. He has forgiven us, but let's unpack those first three and kind of get that that in there. Okay. So the first one was he delivered us from the domain of darkness. So what does that mean? He delivered us from the domain of darkness. Yeah. So that word delivered. So if you go onto that Bible hub and you open up the, so you type in um, uh, Colossians 1 verse 13 and you pop that up and you could push C-O-M, which is commentary, or you can go to C- uh, G-R-K, which is the Greek lexicon. You can push on that button and it's going to pull this verse down and it's going to show you exactly what that word is. Yeah, and word so, for word. So then you could push on that and it'll give you an explanation of it. So that word delivered us literally means to rescue us from danger. So he's saying to, so he says he has rescued us from danger from the domain of darkness. So what does that mean, Bob? Domain of darkness. That well, sounds like hell to me. Yeah. It's what domain? What 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 is darkness? The Bible says that that the in hell there will be outer so it's darkness. Like the land of darkness. Or... You, ever, you ever been in outer darkness? No. You have. Haven't you been in like in a cave in in um in Texas, one of those caves in Texas or whatever where they turn off the light and it's so oh, dark you can't see anything? Yeah, I have. So that is that is that is outer darkness. So if you're in if you're in dark, there's, there's no, no light. light whatsoever. None. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. And then the Bible says that there's going to be a heat that's so painful that it's going to be gnashing of teeth. That your your lips are going to swell and your teeth are going to gnash and you're going to be in agony and pain for the rest of your life. That's what the Bible says. Hey, just the darkness is unsettling. Yeah. That, that reminds me, you know, being in the cave like that, or even in a dark room. When you can't see, kind of like when you walk into a dark room and your eyes haven't adjusted yet and there's nothing. It's unnerving yeah. a little bit because you kind of lose your sense of direction. You lose... Oh, everything. You don't know... Yeah, it's just weird. It's just if, very If nobody's very ever unnerving. done that, try that one time. Go. There's a lot of caves. <laughs> but if you go to like the Texas, they have a bunch of little caves there. And then you go down in the bottom. I'm sure they're all over the place. I'm trying to think. With that one, it was in New Mexico. I think it was Carlsbad or something. Yeah. That yeah. place is incredible. But anyway, we don't side, side but, note. But back to this. So what we just said 
is that God is saving us from the dangers of outer darkness, the main, the darkness of, of the hell of torment. Mm. Okay. So in my life, so what I'm saying at this very moment is if I'm reading that I'm slowing down my mind and now I'm meditating on that truth. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That just blows my mind. God delivers me by me believing in Jesus. I'm delivered from the domain of darkness. Well, and that in that is the assumption that if you haven't been delivered, then you are you are destined for that domain of darkness. So if you're reading this and you know you, you don't know if you've been uh, you know delivered, that should that should be a wake up call right world. there, right? It yeah. should, yeah, yeah absolutely. And if, and if you're reading that and it doesn't just floor you then I pray for you Oof. because that should just blow your mind. Like you, that's where you're going. And, and a lot of people, well, I don't believe in that stuff. Well, fine, but I know it's true. And, um, I know it's true. And then what's amazing is the next part. So not only does, is he yes. from the domain of darkness, but he says he's transferring us. This is a trip. This is good. <clears throat> transferring us to the kingdom of his beloved son. What the heck is that talking about? Something like the wedding feast in heaven. Yeah. What is that? Talk to the me. The kingdom. It's heaven. Yeah. It's the kingdom of his beloved son. So that transferred us, that that word there. So when you look up in the Greek lexicon, that word there literally means we were deported from one country <laughs> to another. So good. We're deported from one country to another. So that. So what does that mean? So when you give your life to the Lord. You don't need a border guard or border crosser. Jesus is your border guard, right? So we, so remember where the Bible says in John 17, it says they're in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. So there it is. So when we give our life to Jesus, what happens is that we become divine. We become transferred. The Bible says that we become, that when we're absent from the body, we then are present with the Lord. So we have been transferred from, from a physical uh, death to a spiritual birth. So we, we were once going to die in outer darkness. We are now going to live for all eternity Amen. by transferring into the kingdom of God. So when I hear that, I'm just absolutely blown away. So I, I wrote this down. I said, if the kingdom of God is in you, you should leave a little bit of heaven wherever you go. <laughs> I like that. So if the no, king- that's so true, though. Yeah. So everywhere you go, you should be leaving a little bit of heaven. So what does that look like in your life? So is the kingdom of God, if, if I'm going, so explain some stories. So you go to the restaurant and you're talking to the waitress. What do you say to her? You say, hey, how are you doing? We're going to pray for our food. Yeah, and, yeah, that's exactly what we do. We, we ask them if there's just something that we can pray. So it's it's kind of, yeah, it's not in your face, but you get it across. So that's exactly how we do it. We say, you know, um, we're getting ready to pray for our food. Nothing wrong with that. They've seen people pray for food before. And then we'll just ask them, you know, how can we pray for you? Is yes. there is there something that we can pray for you? What else is the kingdom of God? What else do you do where you go somewhere to Walmart, to to, to one of the grocery stores, Sam's Club, whatever? Well, you know, I, I do this in the car a lot. You see um, people arguing in the car or yeah. you, you can just tell they're having a bad day. I just just pray for them. Yep. Just pray for them. You see, you see somebody on the side of the road, um, you know... Not broken down. As you see somebody on the side of the road broken down, stop and help them. Um, but that, that's not what I'm talking about. But you like pass somebody and you can just see in people's, uh, their attitude and the way they hold themselves and the way they walk. And man, and I'm, I'm seeing it all the time now. People just kind of looking downtrodden. They're looking down and, mm. uh, and I don't know what's going on, but uh, yeah, just pray for them. I saw somebody last week um, 
they were cussing up a storm and they were upset and angry at everything. And, and uh, all of a sudden there was uh, somebody that needed help. It was an older lady or whatever. And these people were like majorly just angry. They're angry people, but they went out of their way to help this old lady. And, and I said it right out loud, right when I saw, it, I said, that is the kingdom of God. And here's, here's God using this person that was angry at everybody, cussing up a storm and hating life. <laughs> and he goes out of his way to help this old lady. That's and I awesome. said, that's the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is whenever we do something, they sacrifice ourselves. We sacrifice our wants, our needs for the greater good of somebody else. We're bringing the goodness, the kingdom of God there. You know what? I wasn't there. But I guarantee when that person walked away from that situation, they weren't still angry. No, I know. It changes you. It changes you. It does. You put other people first and it changes it you. It does. And it you're not bitter anymore. They weren't. I guarantee they weren't walking away cussing and, and screaming and being all angry. It changes you. It is. The minute you humble yourself for somebody else, it changes you. It's amazing. You can't stay mad if you just humble yourself and think of other people. <laughs> it's not possible. Like, that is the kingdom of God. Bring in the goodness. And so what can advance from that as a believer, as a follower of Christ, when you do stuff like that, you're doing it in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You're doing it with the spirit leading. You're doing it with agape love. You're doing it with a supernatural divine presence of Jesus in your life. And so that then changes people. That transformed, that transfers the kingdom from you to somebody else. And so it's a greater effect. And so that's why it's so important to do that. You know, I, I read something on Johnny Cash. I love Johnny Cash. The Man and, in Black? Yeah, Man in Black, man. I just, I love him. I wanted to start singing it, but I'll, I'll do, I won't. He wasn't that good of a singer, but I mean, he had a catchy tone though. But his he? songs were, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he said, I have tried drugs and a little of everything else. And there is nothing in the world more soul satisfying than the having the kingdom of God building inside of me and growing. Wow. I mean, think about it. There's nothing more satisfying in this world than having the kingdom of God building inside of me. And the more that we know Jesus, the more we know of his kingdom. The more that we have be, are in his presence, the more that we experience the kingdom of God in our own lives. And so it's just, uh, it's absolutely incredible. So that's that one. And then the next part is he redeems us. Yeah. So if you read verse 14, it says, in whom we have redemption. So yeah, he redeems us. The word means released, um, to release a prisoner by payment of ransom. So we can understand that. Yeah. So what are we prisoner of? Sin. Sin. We're, we're, we're indebted to sin. And who, who's, the, who's the author and finisher of sin? Uh, Jesus Christ. No, he's the sin is the <laughs> devil. So the devil is the god of this world, and we are following his lead. I was going to the redemption. Sin. Sorry no, about you that, get that. But that's that's what's happening. And so what he's saying is, when Jesus died and rose again, he then paid the ultimate price. Who did he pay it to? I'm afraid to answer now. No, it's it's. <laughs> He paid it to the Father. Yep. So the Father is a holy God, right? Yep. He's holy. He's perfect. He's, he has to. Have, we cannot enter the, the holiness of God's presence because he has no per, He can have no way with sin. 
So we have to find a way to be able to enter his presence. The only way to do that is through the redeeming, redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. He paid everything. He lived the perfect life. He lived the sacrifice that needed to be done. He died. He rose again. And then because of that, because now we can believe in him, we now have the payment. The ransom has been paid to you know, God, and now we're accepted. And now it says that we can come boldly into the God's throne room. We can now have fellowship with the Father in the name of Jesus. And so that's what that is. So, so Paul's writing that, and he's basically telling these people, listen, why are you trying to these Eastern philosophies? Why are you looking at all these books and all these things trying to help you? Why don't you just understand that Jesus is the only one that can save you? Just stay there. He, he's, he, just in his blood alone, just worship him. Just make him greater in your life and, and just accept that redeeming power that is. Um, it, was, it was by Jesus' death and resurrection that he met the requirement of God's holy law. Satan accuses us because he knows we are guilty of breaking God's law. Just think about that. So whenever you're accused of by Satan says, oh, you're horrible. Yes, you are. Yeah, oh, you're true. a liar. Yes, you probably do lie. Oh, you're, you're a lust. You, you deal in lust. Yeah, you probably do. Oh, you're angry all the time and you hate people. Yeah, that's probably true. But Jesus. But Jesus. Amen. Yeah. But Jesus. So Amen. And what's the next one? And Well, that kind of goes right into the next one. Uh, he forgives us. He, yeah. The word means to send away or to cancel a debt. And that's, we were already kind of talking about that, right? Paid in full. That just blows my mind. It's amazing. I, I've, when you, when you try to figure out life and you try to fix your life and you realize that you can't, it, I mean, it, sometimes it takes people longer than others. Sometimes like with me, it took me a little longer sometimes where you try everything to, you try all the help, you try all the everything to try to help you. And you just, you're, you're come back to the same conclusion. It's like a, you know, a circle of life. You, you just keep screwing up. You might look different, but you're just, you're back in the same boat. And when you finally come to terms with, okay, you're right. I can't change myself, but Jesus, I have to accept his grace of forgiveness. And I have to, that you come to that term of just saying, all right, God, finally, I, I surrender. I can't do this. And then you receive something that's so supernatural. It's so transforming that you realize that no matter what I do, his, his, birth, his death and, and resurrection saved my sins of yesterday, it saves my sins today, and it's going to save my sins tomorrow. Well, and that's a really good point because, you know, we, we said paid in full, and you can say, well, he's, he's paid my sins, but if you just stop there, you can kind of be in the back of your mind like, well, I could get in debt again. Yeah. But no. you can't. Nope. Because, and I, and I love how how the, the you put it here he says he canceled our every debt so we cannot be enslaved again so it's not just our debt was paid yes it was paid but it was also canceled it, there's no going back we've been redeemed we've been paid for it's bought it's done it's over it's really good so yeah. those are kind of the four parts of those first uh, two verses so he proved to the classy church that christ is the savior he basically said listen i'm i'm proving this without a shadow of a doubt this is fact this is true check me out and and believe it is christ is the savior that's it all right and now you see why there was such a big boom back then because people were like the light was popping on whoa i'm gonna be saved there's nothing i can do but god's just gonna give this to me for free and they're yeah. like yeah 
Yeah. I just pray people that are listening to this now can understand that or go share it with other people so they can understand that. All right, now we're getting into some meat. You ready? Yeah, chapter 15, <laughs> I mean, verses 15 through 7. Now we're getting into meat, so let's let's dive into this. All right, so the argument is Christ is the creator. Let me, let me read, um, what we got, 15 through 17 for yeah. you. It says, he is the image of the invisible God, he being Christ, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You know what, this, this sounds like John 1 to me. Yeah, I mean, it's almost the same. You want to go ahead and read that? Yeah, read me, John, 1, 1, yeah, John 1, 1 through 5. Yeah, let me, let me turn over to there. Look at that. We got lucky. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Uh, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. So what was happening during this time is is the 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 Gnostic, if you study the the history here, you study kind of what was going on, the Gnostics were teaching that that they don't they believe that all material matter was was evil. They believe that the human body was evil. And they, they don't believe that Jesus was in the human body. They're trying to teach the Colossian church that that's the case. And if that's the case, um, then 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 Jesus cannot be an actual, you know, the human body and be God and be, be the creator and, and try to do all these things. So Paul is saying, no, he existed before creation. So he was first divine, but he's also fully human. And so by him saying, that's the first thing that we're seeing in verse 15. So let's, let's just look at it. It says, he is the image of the invisible God. And what you were just saying is in the beginning was the word, word was with God, word was God. So in the beginning, he's the image of the invisible God. So, so he is the, the, the actual physical body, the actual person of the invisible God. That's what he's saying. And he's the firstborn of all creation. And so a lot of times people ask me, well, what is the firstborn? Well, you got to do research. So if you go into your Bible hub and you go into your commentary, you're going and you break it down, you're going to find that the firstborn does not refer to time, but to a place or status. So it's not saying that he's the firstborn in time. It's not saying he's a created being because that's what people can say, take from that. Say, what, what do you mean he's a firstborn? Is he created by God? In the visible God, was he created? No, it's not saying that it's an express, Im it's an express image of his person. I mean, uh, and refer to time, but as a place or status. Jesus was not the first being created since he himself is the creator of all things. The firstborn simply means of the first importance or first rank. So before everything was created, he was. I am that I am. He was from the very beginning is what it's saying. Um, and then um, it also is talking about, I said, in everything, if everything in creation exists for him, then nothing can be evil of itself except for Satan and the fallen angels and even those God uses to accomplish his will. It also means that God's creation, even though under bondage to sin, can be used for God's glory and enjoyed by God's people. So everything exists for the, by him and for him and, um, and existed before even creation began. And so that's what Paul's saying. So he's just basically proven without a doubt that's what it says. 
Hebrews 1.3 says that Jesus was the express image of his person. So of what person? He was the express image of God's person. It says uh, John 14.9 says he has uh, seen me, has seen the Father. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's when, isn't that when the disciples were asking him, hey, well, what does the Father look like? You're like, guys, you've been hanging out with me for how long now? And if you see me, you see the Father. Yeah, and, and that's why when you study history, and you, you, you can study history and find like people outside of the Bible talking about Jesus. You can find like the, the Jewish scholar Josephus or um, Polycarp or other people. They will talk about Jesus, right? And so we can take to, uh, to history that everything that they're saying that he did exist, that this Jesus really did live. And so now what, what's going on is these people in the Bible, the apostles and the disciples, they're eyewitnesses of Jesus and what he did. I'm and sorry. I'm, I'm laughing because like, you, no, well, you, you're talking, no, that's not it. But you're talking about, you know, whether Jesus existed or not. And our calendars, we acknowledge that Jesus existed even on our calendar. So it's just. There's so it, many people out there that are trying to prove that he did not exist. And so we have so many, um, um, you know, just different writings of the Bible. We have so many things that have been transferred to us over the time to, to, and the authenticity of it and, and just to be able to see that he really did exist. And then if, if it did not exist, if, if 500 people see, saw Jesus, as it says in Acts, rise to rise, again, rise up into heaven, they all witnessed this and saw that. Don't you think that people would refute that? If that was not true, don't you think that people said that didn't happen or you would have something that's written in history? Somebody would have. That's a too big of an event not to have something. No way. I yeah. mean, we have less stuff about Julius Caesar than we have Jesus. We have more stuff about Jesus than we have about Julius Caesar. But nobody has any problem believing that. No. And that's my point. And so Paul is basically saying that, no, Jesus is God himself. He's the invisible God in man in, in physical form. He's it. He's everything. He was from the very beginning. And always so as always will be. And so he's saying this with a passion because it's true. Yeah. He's saying this with authority because it's true and nobody can refute it. And so we are, are trying to refute it in today's worlds because we're believing all of these other lies. Hmm. We're believing things that are not true. We're, we're listening to people that are, you know, trying to keep us away from Jesus. And Paul's trying to tell the Colossus church, no, stay on Jesus. Stay on Jesus. Stay focused. Yeah. So John 1, 18 is the, in, in his essence, God is invisible, but Jesus has revealed him to us. That's, that's basically, I said, since no mere creature can perf perfectly reveal God, Jesus must be God. Think about that. Hmm. Since no mere creature can perfectly reveal God, he must be God. Because how else are you going to try to prove him? You can't. Oh, Only hurts. he can. That makes my brain hurt. Yeah, I know. So let's go on to 16a. I think we covered that, exhausted that. Uh, for by him, all things were created. So he, he created all things. Yeah, he did. In heaven and on earth. Yes. Visible and invisible. Everything. Everything. So since God created all things, he himself is uncreated. Right? It'd have to be. So that, by definition, right? So I was fascinated. So I said, well, what does that word for by mean? Because that's weird, right? For by? Bye. Did you look it up? Yeah, I did. On Bible Hub? Uh, yeah, Bible <laughs> I don't know. This if sounds I, like a commercial for Bible use, Hub today. I didn't use Bible Hub for that it one. It is an awesome tool, though, guys. You really should download it. Um, but it, for bias, it, it's translated because. 
So that basically could just say, instead of for by, it can be because. So because in him, because in him, think about it, because in him, all things were created in heaven and on earth. Because in him, not for by, but because. So that means that he was, he is, and he is to come. He is the beginning. He's everything. Paul even said it. He is the beginning, the very beginning. Hmm. And so it's just, it's fascinating to me. So does John 1, 3, you want to read that? Yeah. All things were made by him. This includes heaven and earth, visible and invisible, all things under his command. You know, I I hear this uh, quote by Abraham Kuyper. Um, It says, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Mm. Mine. 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 <laughs> uh, for those of you who haven't seen Finding Nemo, you have no mine. idea what we're doing right now. Yeah. But that is so true. Mm-hmm. But it's all his. He's created it all. He was. He's always been, always will be. It's. I, I found something that it was kind of fascinating. There was a person that was writing out there, and, and he said, well, someone was trying to prove to them that can't you just see like the butterflies and all this and see that God's creation, that God created all this. And this person said this, and let me just read. I don't know who wrote this because they didn't have, uh, they didn't pin their name to this, but this is what they said. They said, I don't know why we're here. People sometimes say to me, why don't you admit that the hummingbird, the butterfly, the bird of paradise are proof of the wonderful things produced by creation. And I always say, well, when you say that, you also got to think of a little boy sitting on a riverbank in West Africa, that's got a little worm, a little organism in his eye and boring through the eyeball and slowly turning him blind. The creator God that you believe in presumptuously, I can't even say that, presumptuously or whatever, also made that little worm. Now I personally find that difficult to accommodate. So how do you answer somebody like that? So here we are talking about God's the creator of everything. I've had and, somebody and that, ask me that exact same question. They must have seen that quote. Yeah. Because that was exactly the argument. They're like, well, how can God be good if God created all things and he created this amoeba or this worm that it's only, the only thing that we know at least what it does is it kills. So how do we answer that? We live in a broken world. Yeah. We live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. So go back to the, go back to the garden. That's it. And so that if you if you go to how God originally created the heavens and the earth, he did not create it for sin. He did not create it for the for the birth pains of the world. Or death. He, he did not create it for death. Death wasn't even in the equation. It was to live with him for all eternity. Right. And so people that don't understand that when God's original plan is the same plan today. God wants everybody to live with him for all eternity. But until we get there, we have to live with the elements of the world. And in the world, there's pain, there's suffering, there's destruction. But Jesus says, take heart, I have overcome the world. And because in me, one day, you'll be with me for all eternity. There is a time coming when we will be back to as if, back to the Garden of Eden, basically. Right? Yeah, we will revert it, back. It will be back. Well, Come the Bible back. says in Revelations that we will have a new heaven and a new yeah. earth. And so it will be as if we're starting all over again. Right. And it said the heaven and earth will pass away, and behold, a new heaven and a new earth will come. This fallen earth is only here for a time. 
And when you read the Bible, it talks about right after the, the Genesis experience, it talks about the birth pains that they're going to have to toil the land and there's going to be suffering. The, the women are going to be in pain and labor and there's going to be all of this stuff, the calamity, the turmoil. That is all true. And it also talks about that the birth, that the earth has fallen apart, the, earth, the birth pains of the earth. And it says it many times throughout the Bible. Jesus says it. Paul says it in Romans. And, um, and so that is what's happening. And so when you see bad things happen, you understand bad things are going to happen. We're going to have people with mass shootings. There's going to be diseases in COVID. There's going to be things in this fallen world that's going to happen. And so just know that's going to be the case. And so 17 and he is before all things and in all things he holds together. Oh, I love that. So yeah, we still got that one. So we need, uh, the fourth one. He holds all things together. Does he? It says, in him all things hold together. Jesus is before all things, so he can hold all things together. This is another affirmation that Jesus is God. Only God exists before all things, and only God can make all creation work together. That, that seems like common sense. It seems that way. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I'm reading that, holds all things together, I'm asking the question, well, what is all? All is all. All is all. Yeah. So he's, that's everything. Right in Romans eight twenty seven, he works all, all things. things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So all things are means all. So if you're reading this and in your in your you're listening to this and they're saying, well, here's this way and here's this way, this opportunity, this religion, this philosophy, this book, this next business deal, this whatever, whatever's going to give you hope, and you're and you're and you're you're going after that. What's in what's going to end up happening is it's going to come to an end. It's not going to fulfill everything that it says it's going to fulfill. There's going to be a time when it's found wanting. There's going to be a time where you're going to be looking for something else. It's, there's, there, nothing in this world can satisfy you or take care of anything but Jesus. And eventually all that will break. But in Jesus, all things will make sense. All things will come together. All things will work itself out because he holds all things together for our good i mean just try to imagine that just try to think what that is saying and well, I, you had a comment in here it says to make jesus less than god is to to dethrone him what did you mean by that so if if we are saying that there's another way to get to heaven or if there's something better than jesus then we're basically not saying that he's god we're basically saying that there's there's more hope somewhere else than allowing God to be God, allowing Jesus to be the 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 author and finisher of our life, allowing God to be the the mighty King, the Alpha and the Omega. I mean, the the Bible says in Revelations that He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And so, if we are searching for something else to hold us together, then we're dethroning Jesus. That's basically it. Okay. Yeah, in a nutshell. All right, argument number three. Christ is the head of the church. Verse 18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that is everything he might be, that in everything he might be preeminent. Yeah, each Christian is a member of this spiritual body, and Jesus is our head. So I looked up that word head. Again, this is something that, you know, if you're reading the Bible, don't just read it because you need to understand it. So what does that word head mean? In the Greek, that word head used here means source or origin. It also means leader or ruler. So Jesus is our source or origin or a leader or ruler. So basically, I would say Jesus is the source of the church. It's his body. 
and he is the leader. Paul in verse 13 called him the beginning. So if Paul is addressing these, these this, this group, this people group, and, he, and he's basically telling them that now that you've become a spiritual body, now that you're meeting in a physical location and you're learning about me, just understand that just come to me and I will work everything. I will give you wisdom. I will give you knowledge. I will, I will build up the church my way. And so we always say around here that God is, God is the, the DNA. God brings the DNA of the church. And so we don't know what that church is going to look like. The pastor has certain gifts. The worship people have certain gifts. You know, the lay leaders have certain gifts. The, everybody has different gifts. Yeah. And as if God is the, the source of it, if God is the way, we don't have to put together something to try to figure out how to do it. We just have to be available to whatever God is bringing. We don't have to orchestrate. We can just let it happen. So God is the one that adds to the church daily. So we have to get this in our head, okay? So if if we're going to church, you know, it, the pastor's responsibility isn't to try to figure out how to make the church work. That's God's responsibility. The pastor's responsibility is to teach people and to have eyes to see and ears to see here to see what God is doing in the people and then he adjusts the ministries to fit what God is doing. So if the person comes in and they have a gift of crocheting, right? <laughs> and it's a big deal. So they have, you have to be able to realize that, wait, there's a gift of crocheting and that lady is really good at it and she loves Jesus. And so we need to adjust to have a crocheting ministry because that's what God's raising up. And so there's probably 40, 50 a thousand old people that love crocheting. I don't know too many. I mean, I guess there's young. I'm not going to just say old, but you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's funny. There, <laughs> I know we're running late. I was going to share a story, but uh, real quick. Did you see in the Olympics, the diving? There was one of the divers was sitting in the stands. He was, he was crocheting. That's why I started laughing. <laughs> I was like, so what if, what if you got a, what if you're a pastor of a church and everybody's gift in that church is crocheting? You're probably going to have issues, right? God wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, right. God's a perfect God. And that's, that's, that's this is one of that's, the things. That is such a good lesson. I share this with pastors a lot. And I, and I said, listen, God is the one that raises up the DNA of the church. We have to, as pastors, as leaders, we have to see where God is at and then adjust our lives to that. But what happens is a lot of times pastors say, well, I have this vision, I have this direction, and this is what I sense God is telling me to do, and we're going to go this way. And many times you have to say, well, is that really what God is raising up? Is that really what God is doing? And we have to be very careful and sensitive in that. Yeah, when you hear I have or I need or yeah, anything like that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good, Pete. Yeah. And so with whoever's listening to this, if that's you and you're reading this and you're seeing that, you know, Christians are a spiritual body or that God's the head of it, we have to ask, okay, well, what's my role in this? What's my role is in the church? And so if you have a gift or a skill set, you know, get involved in the life groups, get involved and find out how God can use you. And just use your gifts, whatever it is. If it's crocheting, it's that. If it's, you know, um, I don't know. I was trying to think of some f- funny stuff. But. So, but you're saying God will supply the people with the right gifts for that, for what He's trying to do in that movement, That's in it. in that small C church. That's it. Wow. That's it. And then the big church comes along with all the small state church together, work together as a body as well for the greater good of all of humanity. That is the big C church. Yep. All those little pieces of the puzzle, all those Lego pieces, they kind of fit together. Yep. Yeah. That's it. So I wrote this statement, and then we'll we'll close with this because we're we're finishing up. 
Um, reread this. You, if you're listening to this, reread this again and just let it dissect. Listen to this show again. Let it just bring come inside of you. But I said this. As the head of the church, we serve Christ. So we have to understand this, that, that Christ is the head of the church. So we serve as a people group, him. Okay, so 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 he's the head. We as as a church are serving him. So if we're not serving in the church, so we're not serving with God's people, then there is it is impossible for us to grow spiritually, hmm. because it's it's Jesus in the church is supplying everything that we need, so that we would serve one another because he's raising up the DNA of that, and by us serving we then grow spiritually because we are being poured out, the Bible says, as a drink offering for the greater good of others and for his glory. And so we have to be serving. We have to be plugged in to a church. I can't tell you how many times we talk about this on this show, but we'll say it a thousand more times as we move forward. It is so vital to be plugged in to a church, to be serving, to be loving on people and to be elevating because you will grow you will grow spiritually through that. So if that's you, and um, let's just close with this. And I know that there's many that are listening today that maybe they heard it and maybe that Jesus isn't their everything. Maybe um, you've been living your life and you're trying to add all these other things into your life. Maybe you're saying Jesus plus, or maybe there's, you know, maybe you're saying, you know, I'm, I'd rather just read my, my commentary than actually read my Bible and learn about Jesus. Well, stop it. Just start reading about Jesus first, and the byproduct of that is then you can read the commentary. Just make Jesus the very first priority of your life. And and stop looking to Eastern philosophy. Stop looking to Buddha. Stop looking to some of these other things that are out there. And, and just say, you know what? I need to deny those. I need to capture those thoughts. I need to get rid of the rest of the world. And I just need to fine-tune my thoughts onto Jesus. And if you're struggling with that and you just want to repent of that, then you can. So just just turn from that. Say, ask God, say, God, I repent of following other ways. I repent of trying to do things on my own or trying to figure out life. And I should have just been resting with you the whole time. And so just repent and just cry out to the Lord and he will he will hear you and he will restore you. And if you're listening and you and you haven't given your life to the Lord and you just do not have a relationship with him and you're listening to this and your heart has been pricked and you and you and you know that you want to have more you want to have that intimate relationship with Jesus you want to have Jesus rule your life you want to have him the head of your life and 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 you're crying out and you want to give your life to the Lord you can and if that's you, you just, all you need to do is just humble your heart and you just, you need to cry out to him and just say, God, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for, for the, my stupidity. Forgive me for choosing uh, ways that are not your ways. Forgive me for trying to do it on my own. And, and Lord, help me to, to walk closely to you. Come into my life. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I know that in you, all things are good. All things are faithful and all things are true. And so, Lord, I believe that now, and I want you to come in. And so we, if you if you prayed that, then, then God is there. If you ask forgiveness of your sins and you believed on him, 
And um, he will restore you. He will heal you. He will come into your life. He will transform you and change you for all eternity. And so when you, so as we read at the very first part of it, that, that you, you are now being transferred from, from one kingdom to another kingdom. You are being transferred. You no longer are going to outer darkness. You no longer will be going to the domain, uh, to that domain. You will now be living with Jesus for all eternity. And that is an exciting day. And the Bible says that whoever gives their life to the Lord, that all the, he- all the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And so we rejoice with you and we would love to hear from you. And if that's you, go on to our website at riotpodcast.co, go to know God at the top there, click on that, go down to the bottom. There's a place that says that you accepted the Lord. Click on that, fill out that sheet. We would love to get in contact with you, connect you with a local church or answer any questions that you might had. Um, But we would really like to hear from you. God bless. Bob, any other thoughts? A great show, Pete. Thanks for uh, the, the the idea of diving into this letter from Paul, and uh, I just think that uh, man, he's just he was telling the Colossians, and I think he's telling us today that we just need to keep uh, the main thing, the main thing, right? That's it. Focus on Jesus. Keep it simple, stupid man, and keep it right. <laughs> and man, what a blessing that we have been rescued from uh, the darkness. Mm. Man, what what a message! And like Pete said, go back and go back and read through this. I mean, mm. it's. It's powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just packed full of uh, just a, an amazing story. I mean, you get the whole gospel message here in a, in a couple sentences, yes, and it's just it's powerful. So we love you guys. Uh, can't wait to uh, talk to you again next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys be blessed. Have an amazing week of worship. Yeah, Lord bless you. See you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.